The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Everyone from Florida is stupid. Everyone from Florida is dumb. I might not be the brightest guy, but next to them my IQ's high. If they had guitars, here's how they'd strum. Hey, Colin, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? It's it, awesome. It is awesome. It's uh, I'd say this is the game. This is the week that will determine not only the fate of this season, but of Barry Odom's coaching career. Yeah. Can we beat a dumpster fire of a Florida team? And uh, dumpster fires are our specialty, so mm-hmm. it's good to be going at 11 o'clock start time again. Yeah. And well-deserved. It's going to be a couple of burlap sacks full of excrement mm-hmm. going at it hardcore. On fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. McElwain will not be on the sideline. Nope. He'll be lying about uh, death threats mm-hmm. and fucking a shark. Mm-hmm. As his, his specialty. <laughs> yeah, those are his two favorite things. Yeah, absolutely. Much better than coaching. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. I still take him as Missouri's coach right now. <laughs> Missouri's a three and a half point favorite over this Florida team. And while I am more optimistic than I would have been a few weeks ago, I'm certainly not going to put any money on this yeah, one. My, my optimism means I don't think we're going to be by 40. We're mm. going to be by 14. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? But not 40. <laughs> the thing I like about uh, Florida is their offense is as much a train wreck as our defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good matchup. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, th- truthfully, you know, the three is probably close. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you talk about three points in the sports bookie world, three points is a pick them. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's a wash. Especially at home. And I can't disagree. I mean, if you're a bookie mm-hmm. in Vegas and you're the one setting these lines – Missouri's got to be just a fucking nightmare for you. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are these guys? And Florida's no no better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I saw that the uh, first rankings came out for the uh, college football playoff, and Georgia was ahead of Alabama. Yeah. And the Bammers got to be mad about that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I looked at Georgia's schedule, and did you know Missouri put up more points against this Georgia team, number one Georgia team in the country, than any other team they've gone up against this far? It's shocking. Yeah, it really is. I it mean, just goes to what you say about the Vegas bookies not knowing what to do with us. Well, yeah, that Vegas bookies must look at us and go, "This looks like a diaper full of denty more stew." What am I supposed to do with this? You know what I mean? I don't know what to do with this. Eat it up a minute and a half in the microwave. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's not good. Yeah, but I do think the matchup is as good as we can hope for against uh, what used to be a top team in the SEC East. You know, we we can we seem to be able to put up points again as we had hoped at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and our defense has been a little. bit bit better mm-hmm. and knowing that florida's offense is lousy connecticut helped us out a lot with some drops and mistakes yeah, yeah. florida looks like they're highly capable of drops and yeah, mistakes. they've lost like two of their best offensive players mm-hmm. they have no quarterback no nine scholarship players have just gone bye-bye mm-hmm. a lot of those on defense yeah so yeah it, it's a good a time to beat florida as any mm-hmm. as you're ever going to get but again it reminds me of when Georgia lost Chubb right before the Missouri game, and yeah. we're like that, and get our hopes up, and then we uh, shit the bed. It reminds me of when we played LSU. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, LSU, and mm-hmm. uh, we, they just lost their coach and said, uh, and, and we were like, yeah, now, now they're, they're in disarray. Let's now go. they'll, now they'll shit the bed, but no, 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 mm-hmm. the hot dog water fucking shit slick always comes from Missouri. Hot dog water. That's you right. Believe it. To talk about this game, we have Chris Doring to join us again from the SEC Network, and I am interested in what he has to say. As a former Florida player and alum, mm-hmm. uh, he's got some insight there. And then we've got a new segment this week, Colin. 
Caleb, mm-hmm. the Greek, is going to join us to give us a few picks. We're going to do this throughout the season. I'm going to track the son of a bitch to see just how qualified he is to be making gambling picks. Yeah, this ought to be fun. Mm-hmm. This ought to be fun. Well, we Caleb, want to make our listeners rich. Yeah, and Caleb, the Greek, mm-hmm. I mean, what better way? No, he's Don't got, invest in, like, real estate. Don't, mm-hmm. don't put money spots. in your 401k. No. God no, forbid. No. Route that money to Caleb the Greek. Uh huh. Get your bookie. Get your bookie and say, Caleb the Greek says it's a Lana Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. That's right. We'll bring all of that on our midweek show this week. I'm pretty excited to do this one tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to hear Chris Doring. I like Chris Doring. Um, mm-hmm. I like Booger McFarlane. Mm hmm. There's only a couple other people on that network that I'm, I really like. I enjoy listening to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, every time they talk, I feel like it's not Homerism or SEC fucking goggles. They're like, oh, it's, it's measured and it's thought out and it's, it's analytical. And, and Chris Doring certainly fits in that. Well, and it's uh, a shock world. that he, he'll agree to be on our show. Well, it's obvious he's never listened. That's right. And, <laughs> and I encourage him to not do so. <laughs> yeah, God, God help us, he won't. And he'll mm-hmm. keep coming on. That's right. So we'll, let's get to it now. We'll have Chris Doring on and then we'll get right get a pen and paper handy to write down Caleb the Greek's picks. Because I've got it already, Brennan. I know. Let's I'm ready. It. All right. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. And a throw. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. With us now from the SEC Network is Chris Doring to talk about the Missouri-Florida game. An interesting matchup. Thanks for being here, Chris. Hey, no problem. Appreciate you uh, having me back on. I wanted to talk to you because it seems to me last weekend was really where the college football season for the SEC got interesting. Obviously, we've got Alabama and Georgia vying for the top spots and a lot of things going on with, you know, Tennessee and Butch Jones looking like he's on such a hot seat. And of course, here in Columbia, we're focused on the University of Florida and the firing of Jim McElwain and the general state of disarray the Florida Gators are in coming into Columbia this weekend. Missouri is a a three and a half point favorite, but Mizzou fans have a lot of trepidation about this game. When you're looking at these two teams, what are your expectations? Or, or, you know, if you, if you were going to make a pick, do you you have, are you leaning one way or another? Well, you know, I I certainly think the hardest thing to determine and trying to figure out this matchup is, is what to expect from the Gators. I mean, this has been obviously a kind of a whirlwind last couple weeks and with the firing on Monday. Um, how does that affect the focus of the team? How does, how does the, uh, what's the effort level like? I mean, I, this was already a game that as a Florida alum, I was nervous about, uh, because not only is, is Missouri playing better, seemingly have gotten some things together on the, on the defensive line and, and, uh, the offense seems to be playing a little more consistently, um, in SEC play than maybe what we've seen in the last couple of years. So uh, this was a tough game kicking off at 11 a.m. Central time there. It's always a kind of a setup for a, for a letdown, but uh, you factor in all the other distractions that are taking place this week, and really not sure where uh, where Florida's focus level will be on Saturday. It reminds me of the firing of Les Miles, and we played LSU that weekend, and here in Missouri we kind of had some optimism thinking that LSU might be in a state of disarray. We talked to folks in Baton Rouge, and they were excited about Ed Ogeron coming on, and they went ahead and whipped Missouri pretty good. 
But it seems like Florida and the Florida fans don't have that kind of optimism. There doesn't seem to be a, a clear air apparent or any reason that Florida is going to have a, a major uptick in performance now that McElwain's gone. What's your impression of the Florida fan base and their expectations? Well, I think Randy Shannon will have them playing hard. I mean, I think they all respect uh, Coach Shannon. And, and uh, obviously with his experience as a head coach in the past, uh, he knows what he's stepping into here. At the same time, Florida fans haven't been real excited about this team in a while because of their limitations. I mean, obviously you lose nine scholarship guys at the beginning of the season due to the suspension, uh, lose two of your best offensive players in Jordan Scarlett and Antonio Callaway. Uh, the, the other guys, major, uh, the majority of them were from the defensive side, and so it it has certainly affected the play of the defense due to a lack of depth um, and some fatigue in the second half. I think that'll be something to keep your eye on as Missouri likes to uh, get the tempo going. How, how does that affect Florida's stamina, uh, particularly in the second half? But um, you know, I, I think the the biggest thing is is the offensive struggles due to the limitations of the quarterback and uh, Felipe Franks. Now is already has a, a half a season under his belt. You just don't see the offense getting any better. You don't see him playing with much more confidence and making the reads and getting the ball out of his hands. I mean, they give up a ton of sacks, uh, partly because of the offensive line play, but partly because Felipe Franks doesn't really know where to go with the football and, and holds it too long, and his ball security in the pocket is not great as well. Turn, turn it over, fumbled a couple times last week, turned one over at the goal line for a touchdown for uh, Georgia. So it's a, uh, it's not a, a overly optimistic fan base at this point in time. While they may get a little spurt of, of uh, juice from, from Randy Shannon, uh, there's still a lot of uh, deficiencies on this team, particularly on the offensive side. We're hearing a lot of rumblings that Felipe Franks may not even play this weekend. Are you hearing anything in that regard, or would you be surprised if he was benched? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I've heard the same thing, and I don't have a lot of, faith that that's the case. I don't put a lot of credence into that, only because and I, again, I think behind him they're just so limited. Um, you know, I don't know what the status of, of Kyle Trask is. He had surgery earlier in the season and, and had been in the boot for, for a while, so I don't know if he's uh, back or healthy or able to even play at this point, but um, you know, Malik Zire, again, you're very limited in what you can do, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's equally, maybe it's more limited than what you can do with with Felipe Franks. But you know, I, I would love to see rather than Franks in there, if, we, if Florida were to run some sort of you know zone read quarterback run type of offense, I, I'd prefer to see Kadarius Tony in there than to see Malik Zaire. In all honesty, um, that just was was frustrating from watching. Malik in the Michigan game and hearing about you know how he had been practicing leading up to that game, just a guy that's a, a, a one one receiver tuck and run type of quarterback. And obviously, you, you'd like your quarterback to be a little bit more well versed in the offense and have the, uh, the the ability to work through the reads. And you know, I think it was just a huge disappointment amongst other disappointments when Florida lost Luke Del Rio because he really has a good grasp of the offense, a command, and the ability to uh, get people lined up and get get the pace going a little bit better so uh once he got injured after only being the starter for you know less than two quarters it uh it put florida in a in a really tough predicament at that position going back to the jim McElwain firing geographically uh, gainesville is as far in conference from missouri as any other team and so we're looking at it from a distance and it just is it seems crazy a guy coming off of two sec division championships and having, you know, obviously a, a bad year this season to go so rapidly 
from a guy who's taken the team, granted in a down division, to uh, the title twice to immediately getting fired. And, and then, of course, there's the whole controversy surrounding the supposed possible not really death threats and the possibility that uh, Florida would like to to have fired him with cause, uh, maybe because of that. From your standpoint, does this seem like a justifiable firing or does it seem like sort of irrational just expectations or, you know, it, it, it seems like that to us, but we're in a different position here in Missouri. You know, we've had the same coach for 15 years and we're not in the same sort of position. We're not a championship caliber team usually. And so we, we maybe give each, we give our coaches a little bit longer uh, leash, but w- what is, what is your take on the firing? Well, you know, I think this was something that was uh, kind of a mixed bag of, of um, not being as successful as Florida would have liked under Jim McElwain and partly because of the relationship that existed or the lack thereof between uh, Coach McElwain and, and the athletic department. You know, I heard lots of stories about not being a, a great relationship between the athletic director, Scott Strickland, and, and McElwain. And, um, you know, you've heard multiple times over his two and a half years where he's made comments to the press uh, regarding the facilities not being great, not having great support from the athletic association. Um, and that didn't sit very well with uh, with the folks at the higher up positions there. So when this came out about the death threats, uh, it, it really frustrated uh, the administration and, and all the way up to the president of the university. So I, I think this was a, a, a play that the president was involved in. Um, it obviously gave Florida an opportunity to get out of the contract for much cheaper than the $12.9 million that they were contractually obligated to pay him if they fired him without cause. But uh, I, I think it was it was one of those situations where the opportunity arose. It was uh, the, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And, oh, by the way, just have not been producing the type of play on the field that he was brought here to, uh, to, to bring. If Missouri should be able to beat Florida at home this weekend, they have a pretty favorable schedule ahead of them. And we're looking at a Missouri team that earlier in this season was looked as incompetent as any Missouri team since we've joined the SEC. And like you said, we've been playing better ball. We put up 28 against Georgia. Uh, we had a couple of good wins against uh, lowly opponents. Things are trending in the right direction. There's a lot of talk that this this is a team that could have turned around from uh, just a horrific start to possibly making a bowl. Do you see, looking at Tennessee and Vanderbilt and Arkansas, these opponents coming up, that that's within the realm of possibilities for us. Yeah, I do. I mean, I said it on Saturday off the air when, when uh, Chiz and, and uh, Dar and I were talking. Is that I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Missouri get bowl eligible with with the schedule they have and the uh, uptick in production. Uh, you know, I think this is a team that that uh, has a legitimate shot to, to go to the postseason, which, as you kind of referred to, there would have been unthinkable uh, a month ago. But um, you know, thanks to the improved play on the on the defensive side and, and a little more consistency offensively. And I think that's a realistic uh, expectation at this point. All right. Chris Doring from the SEC Network. You can follow him in studio every week on SEC Nation. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insight. And go ahead and follow him at Chris Doring on Twitter as well. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Always, uh, always good being with you. Sunshine, damn you, every day. Well, I'm going down in Florida. What a sunshine, damn you, every day.
Sabroso. And sat down in the sand and played. Now it's time for a new segment on the show, our midweek show. Caleb Bungard is with us to give Caleb the Greeks pick of the week. Caleb the Greeks pick of the week. Caleb, what do you got? All right, we got Wisconsin going to Indiana. Uh, Wisconsin in the top four in the country. Got ten point favorites, and I have to believe that Wisconsin will blow the doors off Indiana. Um, if you're a Big Ten team and you're not Wisconsin or Ohio State, you're not very good. So Michigan State and Michigan have showed that. So go with Wisconsin and the points. All right, take the points. Take those and Wisconsin. Yeah. What else you got? Second game of the week, I've got a big 12 matchup, Texas Tech taking on K-State. And as the year's gone on, K-State has kind of gotten worse as the year went on. Texas Tech is always going to put up points, and they are a one-point favorite in this game. So I believe Tech will uh, cover this this week versus K-State, who uh, let, let Kansas score 20 points against them last week. So I don't think Texas Tech will have a problem covering that one point. <laughs> That should be the safest bet of the, of the week, with knowing that they let the Kansas Jayhawks score points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can do that to Kansas, Texas Tech should have no problem. And then I'm going to give you a third game, a Thursday night game. Thursday night special. Uh, early in the week, if you want to put three teams together in a parlay. Parlay. Wait till Saturday to get all three. You can do this one, too. Memphis versus Tulsa. Memphis is kind of below the radar. But they score a lot of points. They're a pretty good team. Tulsa is not. Michigan is a 14-point favorite, and they will cover that. There's no doubt. Excellent. Um, That's your lead pipe lock of the week? That's my lock. That's my lead pipe lock of Stone Cold Lock of the Century of the Week. Yeah. (laughs) Lock of the Week. 14 on Memphis there. They They will cover that against Tulsa. All right, Caleb, we're going to keep track of your advice, and we're going to rank you through the year and see if you can uh, beat the 50% mark by year's end. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do on this one. <laughs> and, you know, spend your money wisely. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Spend your money wisely by not listening to us. All right, Caleb. <laughs> Talk to you this weekend. I got to tell you, Colin, listening to uh, Chris Doring talk about uh, this matchup makes me a little bit more confident than when I started. Yeah, I mean, we are two two programs in disarray. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he was bragging on Missouri and how great they've become. It's just the fact that Florida is in an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, they're that diaper full of denty more stew. Mm-hmm. And just, what do you do with it? He you didn't exactly know. say diaper full of denty really? more stew. Really? Because I thought that's where I got it from. I didn't think I, think I could come up with that. I thought it was a Doring original. <laughs> no, but I mean, he basically described a situation which equates exactly mm-hmm. to a big can opened up dumped into a diaper <laughs> yeah. heated to minute 30 in the microwave <laughs> yeah sure mm-hmm. that's what he's alluding to yeah and that is florida yeah i wonder what this is going to do to florida's future 
are they like Missouri where they're just going to recruit are going to fall off left, right, and center? Or does the fact that they're the Florida, you know, everybody's just like, no, I'm still going to Florida. Yeah. Because you know they're going to pull a big coach. The, the thing about Florida, too, is that there are two states in this union that uh, produce nothing but football talent year in and year out. One of them is Texas, and the other, of course, is Florida. Yep. Now, there is Miami. There is Florida State. There is, you know, even yeah, the sure. UCFs where Lane Kiffin That's the one thing about Florida is you got 19 other colleges that, out there mm-hmm. that are pretty productive. And then, of course, you got the Alabamas and the Georgias and everybody else pulling players yeah, gonna, from there. Yeah, going to fucking run into your backyard and try to take some people. But they've got in-state talent like Missouri couldn't even dream. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're losing recruits, and uh, it's a bad thing. And it makes you— in- And we don't have the talent pool that Florida does. Yeah, exactly. And you, you go, these two teams, these two programs at this moment— look kind of similar mm-hmm. from the standpoint of they're both, you know, like Denty Morse do in a, in a diaper. But you just feel like Florida bounces back faster mm-hmm. because they're not, they're going to, they live in that world where five-star athletes are just literally dropping out of trees and, and falling out of windows and into their lap. And from the coaching standpoint, they are just at a different level than we are. They've won national titles. They have a lot of prestige. If Missouri and Florida are both looking for coaches and they're looking after the same coach, the guy's going to go to Florida and if not Nothing Missouri. else just for the weather. Yeah. You've got that on top of everything else. Yeah. And, it, you know, God forbid the guy likes wearing jean shorts. Mm-hmm. Florida is the obvious decision. Oh, sure. Which is why I thought maybe Barry Odom might be a candidate before we hired him. Mm-hmm. The guy yeah. loves jean shorts. Mm-hmm. He sure does, yeah. Cargo shorts, jean shorts, those are really his two go-tos. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Colin, one thing I wanted to ask you. I assume you wrote down Caleb's picks. I noticed he went with all uh, favorites in this uh, this week's first ever Caleb yeah. with the Greek segment, and uh, it'll be interesting because parlay those in big points. Yeah, parlay. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I wrote it all down. I'm ready to go. Okay. Get rich I, quick schemes, folks. Get rich quick. Yeah. that's. I, if I get enough money, I can quit doing the shitty podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, you'll hear a lot of people making picks because they are like, they've been in Vegas for 15 years mm-hmm. um, calling games or... Or they've had special experience in Vegas, you know, setting lines. Mm -hmm. But Caleb sells furniture in a small town in Missouri. Sure. So I'd go with him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, Caleb watches too many sports, too Mm -hmm. much sports. You know, if anything, that In lieu of a life. Yeah. He's as qualified as anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, the only difference between him and these people in Vegas is he's here. Yeah. But other than that, they're both watching the same amount of sports. (laughs) Listening to Caleb and... Put betting money down on what he says is the best solution you have short of having a coin that you can flip. Yeah. Uh, if, if you have possession of a coin, sure, go that route. Yeah, well, obviously. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have access to change, yeah. Caleb Bungar. Yeah. Go Caleb yeah. every time. That's right. All That's right. where you put your money. <laughs> so if Missouri wins this game, they'll be four and five on a three-game winning streak, mm. and they'll be facing the uh, turds of the SEC yeah. uh, in search of that elusive bowl season. Yeah, boy, that Texas bowl, man. How prestigious. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It looks pretty fucking good after the last two years. Caleb, Speaking of Caleb, during the, sh- during the show on the weekend, he was like, man, I hope they put Georgia on top of Alabama so he you did. can watch Alabama's head collectively explode. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And after watching a little bit of sports television, I was like, they do make a compelling argument. They're like, they, if we're picking it on who would win head-to-head matchups, then yeah, Alabama's your number one. But if you're picking it on resume right now, truthfully, mm-hmm. based on Georgia's strength of schedule and who they've beaten, they do. They yeah. do have a better resume than Alabama. So you go, yeah, maybe in a head-to-head match. Alabama beats Georgia, but right now, from a resume standpoint, they deserve to be number one. Well, and the great thing about the schedule and the championships, you know, all things considered, it looks like they will get that head-to-head well, matchup. And so. what the fuck difference does it make? I mean, what the fuck difference does it make? It's how many weeks away? Mm-hmm. It's going to change 15 fucking times. Georgia 
and Alabama in all likelihood are going to play heads up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who cares? I've all- if you're from Alabama and your head's fucking exploding right now, fuck you. Yeah, well, you're talking to Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> the- I've often wondered why the college football playoff committee does that. Why they it's pick some marketing. Fodder. It's yeah. just, I mean, we've got cannon fodder. We've got the AP poll. We've got the coaches poll. They just more. Yeah. More is more, Brennan. <laughs> I guess, but it doesn't make sense. If their job is solely to pick playoff teams, mm-hmm. they don't need to start ranking them weeks and weeks and weeks. They out. don't need to, but like I said, why won't, why wouldn't they? Yeah. We don't need to do this podcast. Hmm? I mean, obviously people would prefer we didn't. Yeah. Many, but um, we do it because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Time and time again. All right, Colin, I'm ready to watch some goddamn football this weekend. I am too, against an opponent I've heard of. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty exciting. It is probably the first time all season long I'm really looking forward to the game. Every other game we've played, I've pretty much known how the outcome was going to go, and I've been right. Yeah. You know, we, we beat Missouri State, and it was ugly, but we won by, mm-hmm. like you said, 30 points. We scored 72 points. Yeah. And uh, everything else is kind of gone. The way. Uh, that's not true. I'd say when we played South Carolina, I thought, oh, maybe we can win. Yeah. When we played Purdue, I had, mm, I didn't expect it to be as ugly as it was, but from then on out, it's just yeah. been, you know, just filling the holes that we knew the way that we're going to go. Yeah. This is a true we don't know. fork in the road. Yeah, we do not know. And I kind of alluded to it in the weekend show. I think the first fork in the road was South Carolina to tell us which direction we our program was going to head this year. And we chose the direction of garbage. And uh, this is the next fork. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is a chance to get off the garbage road and go to the respectability road, or at least the, you know, yeah, respectability, mm-hmm. you know, just competitive respectability we're a legitimate division one college football team mm-hmm. not a great team just just a legitimate right this is that fork we can continue down the garbage road mm-hmm. or we can head up respectability road and i know where the next fork will be too because if we do win this game against florida the next fork will be are we going to try to march toward the bowl are we going to make barry odom and jim stark's life living hell by having this really sort of rancid four win five win mm-hmm. season that makes it very difficult for a Jim Stirk to decide what to do for year three on Barry Odom. I think Jim Stirk, if he wins, you know, if he beats, if he gets to five wins in a bowl, let's say six five wins, wins, yeah, six, six wins. wins in a bowl, Jim Stirk's going to keep him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but what to. I'm saying is the four and five wins. Yeah. Yeah. But in Jim Stirk's heart of hearts, he probably would like to get rid of Barry Odom regardless of the, if, if he makes a bowl four mm-hmm. or five, he probably was like, I really wish, wish well, I could just take this get that thing. Mac road stink on him. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, I think he would just love to take the, you know, the, the program in a different direction, but he's also a guy that's not going to fire somebody mid season. He's not going to be reactionary. And if uh, Barry Odom gives him any excuse to keep him, I feel like he probably will. But the truth, the simple truth is we don't know much about Jim Stark yet. What we know is what he did with Kim Anderson. And mm-hmm. Kim Anderson was an unmitigated disaster for three seasons. Mm-hmm. And Barry Odom has been an unmitigated disaster for... A season and a half. Yeah, a season and a half. And so he hasn't had his three seasons. And, you know, he's got an opportunity to basically turn his season around. Kim Anderson never had that opportunity because he, he was never going to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ever. I mean, he, wasn't even, he wouldn't even beat the Missouri States of the world. You know, he's mm-hmm. getting beat by Buttfuck University, Tech. He just... It was never there. It was never there. And it, at least on the football field, you can see talent. You can see flashes. You can see them starting to play better. Again, granted, against not great competition, but there's improvement and there was wins, which, like I said, again, different from Kim Anderson. You know, we literally, I, you know, we played intramural teams from Mizzou and got wins there. I think they counted those, mm-hmm. and that's how we got to nine wins in those seasons. But it was fucking garbage times. Yeah, and uh, you know, the Buttfuck University fighting discharged teams <laughs> are gone from the rest of the schedule so yeah, it's yeah it's all all the bad teams are just sec bad teams yeah they're 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 you know butt fuck university-esque but they're mm-hmm. division one sec power five opponents mm-hmm. which looks great you know regardless you know 
Nobody's going to know five years from now when they're looking at the Florida-Missouri heads-up record that if we got a win this week, that this was in the middle of the Florida-Denty Moore times. Mm-hmm. It was, they're just going to be like, hey, Florida's, Missouri's heads-up record is 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not going to know. Yeah. So who cares? I mean, we'll know this week. Two years from now, they won't know. It's the same with like Tennessee or whatever. Or when Florida had Will Muschamp. Yeah. It's like, mm, it's, been, it's been hard times. All of these schools... I mean, I don't think any school predicts to be terrible, but all of these schools ought to be more prepared for this. It's been a long time since any of these schools in the East have really been something. And Florida being the most recent when they have Tim Tebow, and that guy's like 45 now. Mm -hmm. You know, Georgia is, for the first time in ages, is actually looks like a legitimate, like, they're living up to their fans' fucking wild expectations. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, when you look at the heads-up records and everybody's talking about Mizzou not belonging, you go... Why? Mizzou's records heads up as in like 500 or better against just about basically everybody, mm. at least in the East and Arkansas. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's all of it for me is a little bit dampened by the fact that um, we basically aren't going to have any have enough players to field the team for like the next three seasons at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I saw that we had recruited a player out of Canada that no one had offered a scholarship to because one of our other players had Canadian roots and had put the coaches onto him. And that's a sign that maybe things aren't going well in the recruiting ranks well, that they're never know. looking outside, not the state borders, but our national borders. <laughs> well, hey, build that Canada pipeline. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the um, Before Major the League Baseball did it to like, you know, the Dominican and stuff. Uh-huh. No, for real. I mean, that's honestly, that's how uh, people get an edge when you're in Missouri, when you're these small MLB teams, you know. You go find an avenue that somebody else hasn't, you know, now everybody goes to the Dominican. Everybody spends money there. But, you know, there were teams that started that. Somebody's always got to figure it out. You know, and hell, the chief, one of the chief starting guards, Laurent Duvarnay Tardif, mm-hmm. is a Canate. He's a Canuck. Mm-hmm. Eh? And so, you know, who knows? Missouri may start fucking just fielding five-star recruits out of Canada that nobody's ever fucking heard of. And before you know it, Alabama's going to be kicking down Canada's door. <laughs> Fueled by Molson and Backbacon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> eh? Eh? All right. On that note. Uh, go Tigers, eh? <laughs> go Tigers. Uh, we may even have a few Canadian fans. If you are one, send us an email, mazodcast at gmail.com. Eh? Eh? And then, uh, you, you know, we'll start the pipeline first. Yeah. So until this weekend's game, damn excited about it. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. a diaper full of denty more stew i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom a performance enhancing broom my name is john cullen i'm a comedian podcaster and for 20 years i was a semi-professional curler and i want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500 year old sport of curling we felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight it's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace i was being dragged through the mud it's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream (laughs) i said that's great news it's a story of intrigue i still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.